Good morning. Welcome to Valley Lights Church. My name is Bruce. I'm the lead pastor here. And when I was graduating from college in 2007, uh, I had made it through my graduate studies and completed them, and I had no plan for what I was going to do after I got a degree. <laughs> so I, I was in a situation where I was studying, you know, college is what you're supposed to do, right? And supposed to get a degree, figure out your life. I didn't, no one told me you need to actually know where you wanted to head in life before you go into college. So I, I ended up with a bachelor's degree and no plan and a new wife. So I, I, I got, I graduated got married a month later, and had no plan. And I was kind of, it was, as a, it was a really stressful time because now I'm, I'm in a situation where I'm married, need to be the provider, and I don't even know what my job is gonna be. And I was kind of hoping, I think I had been hoping all through college that figuring out life would just, life would just fall into place. Like the plan that was for me would just start rolling out and I would know what to do after I graduated. I really didn't think about it that hard which was probably obvious to Aaron's dad, my father-in-law. And uh, he, you know, that when I asked her to, you know, can I have your daughter's hand in marriage, that conversation was sort of an intense one because he was scrutinizing me, and he should have. And honestly, I don't know how I made it through <laughs> because clearly I had no plan. And so it was kind of a little bit of a crisis moment for me where what am I, I don't know what, I, I don't know what I want to do. I have a bachelor's degree and a wife, and I don't know what I want to do. But what happened was this crisis that I was in, figuring out my life, figuring out how to provide for myself and a new family, there were factors that led me into that crisis that I couldn't see. I just thought it would be easier. It was some naivety. There's some other things. And you know what? We run into trouble at times in life. And if we're honest, sometimes we get ourselves into trouble. Sometimes the crisis and the trouble is self-inflicted. In many cases, it's our own foolishness it's, that is a real contributing factor. So we're starting a brand new series today, a message series called The Usual Suspects. So what happens is that problems bubble up. Maybe you have some relationship problems. Maybe there's conflict. Maybe, maybe you have some finance problems. And you're wondering, what's, what's causing my trouble right now? What is at the root of my problem? Well, it's probably the usual suspects. There are, and by that, this is a metaphor to mean those very ingrained patterns of foolishness that, that kind of grow up in all of us. There, the Bible teaches us that we have strategies that come so natural but, but are so self-destructive. In Ecclesiastes 10.15, it says, The struggles of fools weary them, for they don't know how to get to the city. This is a, that word fool is one that we're going to look at pretty closely today. But I don't know, it's saying the struggles of fools, people that are foolish, they have these struggles and they're getting worn down by them, beaten down by their own struggles, and it's because they don't know how to get to the city. They don't know how to walk forward. They don't know what even direction to walk into. So I don't know if you've ever felt this where, you know, trouble is beating you and you're like, why is this happening? Like, or, or, or you're in some crisis and you're like, I don't, I don't even know what to do. I literally don't know what to do. What, how am I gonna, I don't know. Why, why can't this be easier? Like, I thought this was going to be easy. Like, is there any way this could be easier? For most people today, my guess is that there are some things in your life right now that aren't working well. Maybe some things are going well, but there's at least maybe one or two things that's just, it's not working well. 
and maybe you're having difficulty putting life together in one aspect. Maybe, maybe you've had some really high hopes and then they came crashing down. It actually didn't turn out the way that you thought it was. Or maybe, maybe you got some money and then it all vanished. Like, what happened? Uh, or maybe you have a relationship that is incredibly difficult and you're just thinking, like, I just want this to be easier. Like, why can this not be easier? And the Bible has some really extensive teaching on folly, foolishness, and fools. And in this regard, personally, the teaching on fools I've found to be very helpful. The Bible has, has incredibly relevant information for the flow of my everyday life. The Bible has helped me to learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to grow in wisdom instead of foolishness. And so there's this fascinating dynamic that I'm really excited to show you today because there's a lot of verses, especially in the Old Testament, that use the word fool. You know, you know what the word fool means. We all speak English, but originally the Old Testament of the Bible is written in Hebrew. And the typical English-speaking reading person would miss a fascinating distinction. There's uh, lots of different words in Hebrew that mean fool that all get translated into the one word fool in English. And so if you were to group verses together, and you were just to do like a big Bible verse study, and you'd group verses together according to the Hebrew words, you'd, you'd find a personality profile for five different types of foolish people. Five fools. And you'd never know that in English. And so that in this particular case, the Hebrew language was more precise and specific than English with this word. So we, we, for some reason, English just doesn't have the corresponding words that, that go together. So that verse that, we, that right here, um, fool, in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 10, 15, is a certain kind of fool that we're going to look at today. So if you go back to that series image, that's why this, this photo has an illustration of five different people in their caricatures. They, they have, there's like, they, they've all got like kind of a personality that you kind of, kind of read in their expression. There's five different fools that represent the five types of fools that we find in the Old Testament. And today I want to look at the first one. And the, the way I'd call it is the easy way fool. And the Hebrew word for this type of fool is kasil. Hebrew is kasil. We'll look at that in a second. But you've probably seen this type of fool in many sitcom characters and movies and you never even realized it, that it comes up in the Bible, because you probably haven't been properly introduced. So let me just give you an idea of what this fool is like, just to kind of you know, give, give a real-life caricature. Um, you can see this fool in George Costanza from Seinfeld. I don't know if you ever watched, watched the sitcom Seinfeld. George has somewhat of a lazy streak, and he's, he tries to get out of work at any time he can. He'll do, actually, he'll do anything to get out of work. And if anybody calls him on it or challenges on him, he gets really reactive and kind of blows up. So here's, here's a video clip. This will just help us get an idea of what this fool is like. Here's a video clip of George asking a carpenter to build a place for a bed at his desk. So, go ahead. You can turn it up just a little bit. Sleep. 
That's what you want to ask, whatever. All right, George, getting out of work, building a bed in his desk. You know, I've never quite gone to those lengths personally, but in some ways I can identify with his desire to get out of work. This kind of character shows up in other TVs and shows. Um, here's another one, a photo. Michael Scott from The Office. Uh, doesn't particularly want to work all that hard and just, try, just tries all kinds of strategies to get out of it. Anytime you watch a TV sitcom where you've got the classic husband and wife, like this one, you've got, usually you've got this husband who is um, a fairly fun-loving guy, but, you know, he's just kind of a bum, and everyone likes him, but he doesn't work that hard, and when his wife calls him on it, he somehow just oozes through the cracks and gets out of it some way and drives the wife crazy. This happens over and over again. Any sitcom where the husband and the wife are together, you've seen this. And TV shows have a fun dynamic with this, this character. And you're going to see how this really plays out from Scripture. But after the first man who was ever created, Adam, once he sinned, God cursed his work. And God said it would be full of thorns and thistles. And Adam was passive in the temptation. Adam was standing right there when Eve was tempted, and he said nothing. So... Now, part of the curse is we get lazy, and man, we get frustrated with our work, and the thorns, and the thistles, and all the difficulties, and really, that, that struggle and that frustration is meant to lead us back to God. But the, the reality that a lot of us face is that a life of ease is what many of us desire. A life of ease is what many of us desire. There's, this, there's really a strong pull in our heart towards this. The Bible would call this a foolish strategy. Let's look at the core characteristics of this fool in Scripture. So the easy way fool. Again, the word in the Hebrew is kisil. And the kisil is a, is a type of person that has an approach to life, a certain attitude where a kisil is confident and hopeful in the wrong things. Look at Proverbs 14.8. It says, The sensible person's wisdom is to consider his ways, but the stupidity of fools deceives them. Again, that word fool right there is kisil. And the other big difference between Hebrew and English is that when you read the word fool, what we, or if you were to call somebody a fool, other words for that would be maybe idiot or moron. And all of those words like, have this idea that they're somehow mentally deficient, just like stupid in a way, like there's not, not all the brains there. That's not how the Bible sees fools. In Western culture like ours, you, 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 can, you can actually have intelligent people and foolish people, but in the Old Testament, there's a very, you, you actually might have a very intelligent person who's a fool because they're doing some destructive things in their life. Maybe like somebody that can run a business or like make a Fortune 500 company or can get a high IQ score, but at the same time, they're fools in the way that they live their lives. Their poor judgment for handling the most important things in life come from leaving God out. So the Old Testament fool is not mentally deficient, they're morally deficient. That's how the Bible sees a fool. And so it's, it's helpful to know what the Bible has in mind. Uh, a fool in the Bible is not 
stupid mentally, but they ignore God and they rebel against God. They leave God out. And leaving God out of our plans and our decision-making turns out to be a pretty foolish approach to life. And then we run into trouble and uh, we don't factor God in. We try, to, we try to get what we want in life without God. It ends up being pretty painful. Another characteristic of the casile or the easy way fool is that they've got a lazy streak. Maybe some really big ideas and they're expecting a magic key in life. Like things are all going to come together. This was, kind of, this was kind of me at the end of my college, like somewhat of a lazy streak in terms of planning my life. But some, I was expecting a magic key like, oh, the magic key is going to appear. I will unlock and move forward in my glorious future. <laughs> that did not happen. So Proverbs 17, 24 says, wisdom is the focus of the perceptive, but a fool's eyes roam to the ends of the earth. Meaning they're, they're, they're not looking right here. Like, how can I perceive my life right now? I'm looking way out there at all the grandiose plans I can think of and the way things are going to come together for me in the future. A casile type fool make, make really grand plans, but not work out a step-by-step -step plan to actually accomplish the goal. They may have, they may have a lot of big talk. Maybe, maybe you've talked to somebody and you're like, man, they've got a big talk. And at first time you're like, wow, this sounds like they're, they're going somewhere. And then you see over and over again, the big talk always happens, but there's no actual action steps that are happening here. And so when, if, uh, for, the, for those of us that deal with the casile foolish strategy, well, if we have a marriage problem, then the latest book is the answer to that problem or the, or the seminar. That's going to be the magic key. But then a Kisilful doesn't actually bother to put it into practice. Maybe they'll learn the tools or they'll listen to the book on Audible, but they're, they're too lazy to actually work a plan. It's too hard. I don't want to, that's, that's hard work. Or a Kisilful would, when it comes to finances, Maybe, maybe they're feeling the pain of finances not coming together and the money is trickling out and there's, an, there's, there's a commercial on how to make good money part-time or like a get-rich-quick scheme or where the part-time work has a strong pull or, or that, that, a new job. I'm going to quit this job, get a new job. That's going to pull it all together. Magic key. Pow! And then, man, the plan somehow doesn't come together. Sometimes we desire a magic key that this new solution is going to solve my problem. It's going to make life easier. And so we keep looking for the magic key that will unlock the easy life, but we can't find it. So the person with good sense, according to this verse here, they really think through things. They're looking with circumspect and prudence at what God has put in front of them. Another key tool of the casile that we see is lying. The conceal lies. Proverbs 10, 18 says, The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. So the key tool of a conceal type fool, the easy way fool, is to lie. The folly of fools is deceiving. Actually, they even get deceived by their own words. This fool uses lying, especially when they get caught being lazy. Um, there, was, there, there, there have been times in my life when... Oh, so recently I... I was cleaning out the garage. Actually, this wasn't the reason. This was a couple years ago. I was cleaning out the garage, and uh, there's just so much stuff. So my solution is I'm just going to throw stuff away. And so I threw away some pool tools or uh, pool toys. And then you know a week later, Aaron's like, "Man, I've been looking all over for these pool toys." And 
in that moment, <laughs> when she's looking for something that I threw out, I'm like, okay, how about I just, you know, do the like fade into the background thing, <laughs> like not have to own up to this. When we were first married, you know, I'm like, we don't need all this paper and this mail, just throw it away. And she's like, where's that important document? And I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, you know, it wasn't like, like a total lie. Like I wasn't exactly sure where it was, but you know. So the, the, the easy way for, I'm just gonna, is I'm just gonna ooze out of the tough situation. And you know, this fool does not wanna own it. If there's responsibility or hard work or some sort of damage, they, I'm not, I refuse to own it. I'm gonna do whatever I can to just slip out of responsibility. I don't know if you've ever been tempted to lie or just kind of talk your way out of owning responsibility. Responsibility. It's happened to me. I can identify with this. Another, another strategy of the easy way fool is, is laziness. They're lazy. Ecclesiastes 4 or 5 says, the fool, again, the conceal fool, folds his hands and ruins himself. Man, to be lazy and just to kind of not actually want to put in the hard work is very destructive. Instead of working hard, he folds his hands and he brings ruin upon himself. Um, or, or, you know, maybe, maybe there's not many of us here that would, you know, are just like a 100% lazy person, but there's probably a lot of us that really struggle with actually finishing the job all the way, bringing it to completion, or figuring out, just doing the hard work of thinking through what steps need to be taken here. It's really hard to do that. So the idle approach, it's foolish to not do that. The idle approach may not immediately impact, but laziness does eventually eat away at a person's life. There's another example of this coming up. Uh, there's a TV show that Aaron and I and some of the kids we like to watch. It's called All Creatures Great and Small. It's a British show. There's a picture of a, one of the characters. His name is Tristan. It's the guy right here in the front. And uh, what he does, he's, he's, uh, he's an easy way fool. And so I'm gonna show you a quick video montage that somebody, or, um, you know, Masterpiece put together a montage of Tristan, and you see him um, sleeping on the job, um, eating food all the time, just like, you know, he's working and then he, you know, just stuffs his face with a piece of cake, or he breaks something, like he breaks um, the, the green car of the owner of the clinic. They're part of a, a veterinary clinic. He breaks it and tries to hide it. It doesn't belong to him, though, so check this out. Someone's gonna keep the family business ticking around. Okay. So that's Tristan. I don't know if you've seen that show, but basically you got this guy who's lying, sneaking, hiding, eating, sleeping in late, and he happens to be one of the most likable characters in the show, by the way. That's kind of the interesting thing about the Casile, the Easy Way Fool, is for the most part, they're, yeah, they're likable people. They're kind of funny, and, but man, you can't depend on this guy. Another, another characteristic 
of this type of fools is uh, they tend to be an excessive talker. Proverbs 12, 23 says, the prudent man keeps him, his knowledge to himself, but the heart of fools blurts out folly. Sometimes just speaking without thinking about it can be costly, just saying what's on our minds. I don't know if you've ever had to eat your words and you've said something and you just let it go. Um, the heart of fools blurts out folly. They may not even see their own foolishness, but everyone else can see, like, this is, this is not helpful what you're talking about. And then one more characteristic we see often in many verses in Scripture is that this type of fool is easily angered. So for the most part, they're likable, but then there are moments when they blow up, or I should say we, when moments when I have blown up in anger to camouflage laziness. Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool gives full vent to his anger. I mean, he just lets it out. There's no restraint. But a wise person holds it in check. There were times early in our in marriage, we've been married for 16 years, there were plenty of times when Aaron would ask about our finances. And I, I had not done the, the necessary steps to really figure out our budget. It had gone many years where we had really no budget. And she would ask me about it, and I would get angry and defensive and then blow up about it. Because if I blow up about it, it shuts down the conversation, and then... I don't have to talk about it. That was my strategy, and somehow I learned if I was, and I, I, didn't actually, I didn't even know what I was doing, by the way. This was a foolish strategy I was not even aware of myself. I was just reacting. Like, it says, full vent. Full vent of the anger. And somehow, subconsciously, I learned if you blow up at somebody, you don't have to deal with the problem, and you can keep being lazy and not have to deal with it. Do you see how destructive this could be? <laughs> like, this does not produce marital unity or, or effective life strategies. So in this way, there's, this, there's many other verses, by the way, about anger related to the Kisil fool, but if the Kisil were an animal, he'd be a possum. Because possums, or opossum, is it opossum? <laughs> I haven't written possum. I don't know, is there a note? You guys can tell me later. Possums play dead when a predator threatens them. So for the most part, let's see, let's see this is a possum playing dead. And uh, when a predator threatens them, this is, this is kind of like the lazy approach. But man, if, if it gets too intense, a possum becomes vicious when they're threatened and they, and they got no way out. So they react and then the teeth come out. This is the blow up. So this is, by the way, this is gonna be a fun preview of all the fools we'll look at. There's like a, an animal that really illustrates the foolish strategy. But Kisil, easy way fools, get angry when they're caught playing dead or whenever someone calls them out on their lazy approach, the teeth come out. And for me, like I said, the, the worst thing, one of the most difficult things about this foolish strategy in life is that the fool doesn't know what he's doing. The fool can't even see, he's, he's deceived by his own foolish strategy. And that's how this one works. And so you can imagine that the impact of the easy way the easy way approach to life is continual disappointment. And the fool himself is disappointed because life never comes together. I cannot find a life of ease that I'm looking for. And then other people are very disappointed because people are frustrated because you can't depend on this person. You really want, to come, you want them to come through, but they don't. And when it's to the extreme, if, if this is a foolish strategy to the extreme, um, for, if you're married to a, a casino fool, it can cost the whole relationship. If, if you have employed a 
easy way fool, and can, it can cost the job. Because the, the concealed fool is just a constant disappointment. And there's another one, by the way. If you're a parent and your kids are grown, this type of foolish strategy produces constant heartbreak for parents. There's, there's probably about a half dozen verses just about parents living with their children who have grown, and these, this, this type of foolish strategy causes parents grief and bitterness, complete absence of joy. The joy's gone, there's just sorrow, and the casil fool brings ruin on the parents. If you deal with this strategy yourself, you might struggle with friendships because maybe you're causing repeated disappointment to the people around you and frustration without even knowing it. There's actually 70 verses in the Old Testament that deal with this particular type of fool. I've only shown you a few, and there's shades of it. So you may not be a full-blown, easy-way fool, or maybe there's parts of it. That there's, for most of us, I think there's parts of it that we, we fall into and we're tempted to. And I know I've sometimes been frustrated at myself when I run into the results of a just slack-handed approach to life. It's really a dead-ended approach. So the magic key, it never comes, and we never find that life of ease that we want. The reason is because there is no magic key to life. Life turns out to be, it, requ it requires a lot, of, a lot of hard work. So if you've ever found yourself dealing with some of these strategies, how do we move beyond the easy way approach? In Proverbs, we'll look at Proverbs, but the wisdom shows us that the path that leads away from, there, there's a path that away from these foolish patterns the wise make choices that are pleasing to God rather than choices that just bring pain and pain to ourselves and pain to other people. There's, there's, I love a verse. I guess perhaps you could move to the next slide because that's somewhat of a distraction. It's like a mad possum over my shoulder. Um, I didn't put any of these verses on there as well, but there, there's a really interesting verse that um, it's like if you, if you hire a casile, it's like you're an archer and you just shoot everybody that comes by because the casil just does damage. Like their lazy approach to life, it just damages everybody around them. And so there's this, we gotta get out of this strategy. But look, look at this verse in Proverbs 28. <clears throat> it says, a greedy person stirs up conflict, but whoever trusts in the Lord will prosper. The one who trusts in himself is a fool, an easy way fool, but the one who walks in wisdom will be safe. And the word greedy at the beginning of this passage means living large and roomy. Like this type of person tries to get more than they deserve, really more than they should have, more in blessings and accolades and respect. And there's also a lot of roomy space in between their dreams and reality. There's like a big gap of space there. And this approach is based on a false sense of entitlement. We think we deserve certain things. I, deserve comfort. I deserve it to be easy. I actually deserve for you to not hassle me. I deserve convenience and smooth road. Is, that's what we, we think that. We may not say that, but we feel that. And when we don't get the ease and the convenience and the hassle-free life and the peace that I deserve, then we get angry and we blow up. And the Bible reminds us that this approach, it brings conflict. So if you have conflict in your life, consider this. This is a, a never-ending battle between frustration and people and circumstances. Yet, the hope here says the wise resist this false sense of reality, and they place their confidence in God and in His commands. 
Wise people are not looking for a magic key to solve it, looking for the easy way out. The idea of deliverance and safety, um, it comes from trusting God. Trusting God really allows us to escape from the easy way. So I, I really can, this is a, a study on foolish strategies, and I, I really have identified with this approach to life often. So what do you do about it? There's, there's a few specifics about how to move beyond the easy way strategy. One, one thing is to trust God and work hard. This is not a real popular idea. Nobody really wants to work hard, if we're honest. But Hebrews 6, 11, 12, it says, Now we desire each of you to demonstrate the same diligence for the full assurance of your hope until the end, so that you won't become lazy, but will be imitators of those who inherit the promises through faith and perseverance. So for us to combat laziness, it's really to work hard. When tempted to slack off, we've got to put it in gear. Throw away the magic key, stop looking for it and expecting it. The two words contrasted here are diligence. That diligence is mean like an earnest, wholehearted desire. Like, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put speed and energy and in, in my strength into getting that job done, no matter what it takes. No matter what it, how long am I going to do the job? As long as it takes. I'm going to do it well. That's, that's the diligence that's talked about here. Versus laziness, which is kind of like a sluggish, I'll get to it, not really paying attention, I'm not really thinking about the consequences, I'd rather just not know about the consequences and just see how it turns out. I don't know if you've ever been giving instructions to somebody and you can tell they're not listening. They are checked out. Man, you're like, this person's never going to get the job done. And uh, sometimes we do that. We do that ourselves. The last part of this verse shows that God's promises for those who trust God and choose diligence. Enjoying our work is possible. You, even if you have a really difficult, grinding, unpleasant job, it is possible for us to enjoy our work, even if you've got really difficult people to live with or to work with. Because according to Ecclesiastes, enjoyment of our work is a gift from God. It's not based on our circumstances. It's it's actually a gift. God can give that to us when we trust Him. The key to overcoming this lazy approach is to realize that God blesses my current work by keeping His promises. And we get our good things from God. We expect Him to bless. Another thing for us to do if we're trying to get out of the easy way strategy is to ask God to help clue us into the consequences. Proverbs 19.3 says, A person's own foolishness leads him astray. Yet his heart rages against the Lord. So a really interesting verse that's basically saying, you get into trouble, and then who do you blame? God. God, why did you put, like, why are you letting this happen to me? Like, what's, why is this happening? What's the big deal? Like, why aren't you, what's going on? And then we get real frustrated and bitter at God. But if we trace it back, it says, actually, it's a person's own foolishness. It's our own it's it's our fault we got ourselves there and then we get mad at god for it we blame him often we want to be free from the frustration i just want this to be easier but i also don't want to have to change what i'm doing i just want it to get easier with no work <laughs> when the the life flows out of our foolish choices man we get frustrated we now all of a sudden i've got a tangled web of problems that i don't know how to solve and i'm lost can't find my way back to the city and then this leads to rage toward God and towards other people because they're not helping me and these other people are blocking my goals anyway. When we experience the consequences of our own foolish strategies, 
It's God's classroom of life. It's the school of hard knocks. We don't learn unless we ask God to teach us. God, would you show me? I'm, I'm in pain, and I don't know what to do, but God, would you show me what I need to do? I, I want to I walk in your ways. I want to see my problem the way that you see it. We have to ask God to help us take responsibility, not blame him, not blame all these people that are creating this mess for me, but ask God, what's my role in this? Where, where do I need to change and grow? See how, and God, help me see how my actions are causing the frustration here. And then one more thing for, to get beyond the easy way strategy is to speak the truth. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, putting away lying. Remember, this strategy is to lie to get out of it or just kind of bend the truth a little bit. No, we're going to put that away. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to speak the truth, each one of us to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Since the Casile fool tends to be a lazy liar, we have to replace the lies by speaking truth. In this way, we counter deceit and fraud. Whether this is... Some, some, of, some of the ways that we, uh, a Casile fool may tend to lie is maybe overstating what he's done or like making it sound better, like what I've accomplished or what I'm going to overstating what I have done. Like, oh yeah, I've taken care of it. Oh, oh yeah, I've already dealt with that, totally. And that's maybe a bit of an overstatement. Or maybe sometimes we just flat out lie when I drop the ball. I drop the ball, I don't want you to know about it, or at least I'm going to try to make it sound better than it really is, instead of just saying, I dropped the ball. God wants to help us move away from these self-defeating, deceptive strategies. So I stop the lies, I stop pretense, I stop wearing masks, I stop anything that aims to portray my status beyond what's real. And it means I'm going to clear it up immediately when I lie. I'm going to own it. If I've, if I've gotten off track or I've sinned or lied or dropped the ball, I just need to own it all the way. And the reason for this is I ultimately hurt myself and others around me if people are getting a wrong picture of who I am or where I'm at. It's crucial that the community that God wants to build has truthfulness happening with one another. We can't play games with each other and we can't um, play games or uh, the, the trust really comes out of our mouths has to match what we're doing. We can't hide who we are. We all have uh, and expect to have meaningful relationships. So here's a few next steps just practically. Maybe there's something that stood out to you already, but just kind of summarize some possible next steps would be to trust God and work hard. Here's one. Maybe you see an area where you have gotten slack-handed, or you just really haven't taken it all that seriously, or there's an area that you're responsible for, you're like, okay, I need to really put energy and effort and focus into that. Work hard, and while I'm working hard, trust God. Um, another next step is to ask God in prayer to see the consequences. You know how that foolishness deceives even ourselves, and we can't even see, I can't even see my own, I, all I know is there's pain happening and there's problems, and that's it. Well, pray. Ask God, like, would you help me see, connect the dots and see how I got here? Another next step would be to speak the truth. Maybe, maybe you realize, maybe you did uh, slant the truth, or maybe you did just make an excuse, or, or maybe there's an area that you, it needs to be cleared up because you lied. Or another next step might be to memorize Proverbs 28, 26. Some of these verses, having them memorized for me has really been key in me gaining victory over these foolish strategies, but... 
Proverbs 28, 26 is the one that says, the one who trusts in himself is a fool, but the one who walks in wisdom will be safe. So what we've done this morning is we've looked at one of five fools. We've looked at the easy way fool. And in some ways, maybe the, the least noxious of all of them. Um, I think if you, go, if you can go to the caricature slide where, where it displays all of, the, all of them, I'm going to give you a quick preview of what's to come. So the guy in the far left, going from left to right, the easy way fool. The easy way fool says, I want, and this is on your handout too, by the way, if you want to get a summary on the back page. Easy way fool says, I want things easy with no stress, and so I'll sneak or procrastinate or take breaks and lie in order to have things be easy. Then we're going to actually look next week at the next fool that we see in the Old Testament. This is the controlling way fool. The controlling fool says, I'm going to ensure that my agenda gets done by getting angry and upset and manipulating other people to make sure my goals get done. I'll be reactive. I'll be adversarial. I'll use emotions, a variety of emotions, to make sure this happens the way that I want it to happen. That's the controlling way fool. Uh, the Hebrew word is avil. The third fool is fun now. I want fun and I want it now, fool. <laughs> so this fool says, I'm, I'm going to ignore my duties and I'm going to ignore consequences totally and blindly indulge my desires. I want something. I want candy. I'm going for it now. I want a fun time. I want to feel good. I'm going there now. I'm not even thinking. Consequences have not even entered my mind. I'm diving in. This is a, this is a person that creates life-dominating problems. And this, this is probably the least dependable person of all the fool types. These first three fools come from a Hebrew word, eveleth. It's a type of foolishness. Um, and the, really, the root of eveleth foolishness is selfishness. There's two more fools. There's the glory now fool. They want glory, and they want it now. And so this person is going to speak and act in a way to impress and brag. And I'm gonna, I'll name drop. I'll strut my stuff. So that I'm, I pump up my glory. And this fool always wants to be the center of attention right now. They push ahead, and they'll even step on other people along the way, if necessary. That's all right. And this is a very devastating way to live. There's a, there's a self-important, self-exalting approach here. Um, and again, for all of these, there's shades, by the way. You may not be the full-blown version of it, but there may be aspects of foolishness that live in your heart. It's where it all starts, the heart problems. Um, this, this fool in the next one, it, it comes from a type of folly in the Old Testament. That's, the word is haulela, but the, the heart problem is arrogance. And then the last fool is the predatory way fool. And the predatory person is cruel. He says, I'll cause other people pain. I'm very, actually, I'm, I'm very willing to cause other people pain, especially if I can gain by it. They're predators. They're if they, if they could pick a situation where it's win-win, um, I'd actually rather it be win-lose. I'll work it out that way. This is the most dangerous strategy in life. So, have you had any trouble in life? Do you have any problems going on? These are the usual suspects. <laughs> if, you got, if you got some difficulty, there may be some things in your heart coming out in these strategies that really live in all of us. And the point of this message series so that we can identify our own flavors of foolishness. Maybe, maybe there's one that 
really gets you, or maybe that you've got a blend of flavors of foolishness. And my hope is that this becomes a more self-reflective series, because you could, probably, you could probably listen to any of these messages, and man, I sure can identify the fools in my life everywhere around me. And you're like, okay, now we're going to walk through this so that maybe each of us can identify our own counterproductive patterns and then start turning to walk in wisdom. And wherever you find yourself related to these foolish patterns, God wants to help, and he's got the, he gives the power to help. When we turn and put our faith in Christ, receive the Holy Spirit that empowers us to walk in victory over foolishness, really change our hearts. And so this series is, is really meant to help us reject folly, reject foolishness, walk in wisdom. God gives a new heart to those that give their lives to them. And the Holy Spirit will live in each of us to help us reject foolishness and walk in wisdom. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for our morning together, our time, and uh, the, the depth of wisdom that we find in the Old Testament and in the entirety of your word. Thank you for your love for us, the way that you enable us to grow and to change past damage and destruction, which help each of us to see clearly where we are off track. Let me, I pray for all of us that you would clue us into the consequences and see where we, where are the hotspots where we can grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.